the message God gave me was doing the works of Jesus. How many of you believe you can actually do the works Jesus did? <laughs> Heard some faint amens in there. You know, sometimes we look at that and we go, well, we're going to get into that. Because <coughs> I believe God tells us we can do the works that He did. First thing we're going to do <coughs> is hold your Bible up. E version or tree version. <coughs> Electronic or paper. Say it with me. This is my Bible. It's God's Holy Word. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. So I boldly confess. <coughs> my mind is renewed. My body is healed. I'm saved by God's grace. And I live by His Spirit. Amen, amen, amen. <coughs> you can look at John 14, 12 with me if you are able to. Excuse me. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. The works that I do, shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because I go to my father and I, I said that God said it it has to be true now I want you to notice first thing there to him or the person it, it's just all of us <coughs> that believes if you don't believe it's possible to do anything as Jesus did it, then guess what? That's not going to take place in your life. But I believe God's Word declares that it is possible for us to do that. Now, I, I, let, me, let me lay a little bit of a foundation right here. Is there anything else, and this is a rhetorical question, you don't have to answer it. Are there any other scriptures where we see this as a theme? That there's something that, that kind of says maybe the same thing, maybe even in a little bit different way. Well, I believe there is. In Matthew chapter 21, in verse 21, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, which verily is Elizabethan English for truly, I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. In all things whatsoever ye ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Somebody say amen. amen. It's a theme. It's in the Word. It's, 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 it's carried over. In Mark chapter 16, verse 17, he says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. Sounds to me like Jesus cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. In other words, there's not anything going to harm you. 
If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. Jesus laid hands on the sick. And they shall recover. Now, I know, you know, we, we read that and it's doctrinally, you know, well, that's part of the Great Commission, Pastor. We understand that. But it's not only part of that. It's also part of that theme that is throughout Scripture where Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. In Luke chapter 10, verse 17, the Bible says, And the twelve apostles, because they were so special, returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Oh, that ain't what that says, is it? Seventy. Jesus sent out seventy disciples at that particular time. And they laid hands on the sick and saw them healed. They cast out devils and saw them flee. Sounds to me like Jesus cast out devils and laid hands on the sick and they were healed. The works that I do shall he do also. Shall you do also. Now, let me... Let me, let me kind of step into this pastoral teacher role for a minute. And let's get the theology part of this really kind of covered. And uh, Kevin, if you want to turn those heaters down unless somebody else is freezing, it's hot up here. Let's just kind of cover the theology part of this before anybody has a chance to get sleepy with my marvelous voice. Amen. Yeah, it's possible that we can do the works that Jesus did or what Jesus just said up in John 14 would be a lie. How many of you know Jesus never lied? Say amen. amen. I just make sure you're not asleep yet. But see, now some people would say, well, now, now pastor, see, Jesus was the Son of God. And that's why He, he did those things. Well, I'm not going to disagree with you. But in Romans 8, 14, God's Word tells us, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, and if you're born again, you can be led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Or are you going to have to give me a minute? Just one of those things, y'all. So I said it was hot, and if I get too hot, that happens. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. So if Jesus was the Son of God, then... We're the sons of God. I'll get into that a little bit more in just a minute. But there's also another question some people ask. Some people go, well, but Jesus was God in the flesh. The Bible tells us that, that he was, he, he was the Son of God incarnate. Well, I want to give you something. In Philippians, the second chapter, in verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you. In other words, you think this same way. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, 
thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The fancy theological word for that is kenosis. That's a Greek word that just simply means Jesus emptied himself or laid aside his divine attributes. Now, need to understand, he did not cease to be God, but he laid aside divine attributes. Or you could say he laid aside his divine right of initiative. Let me give you a real good example of that. How many of you know that scripturally God is omnipresent? Omnipresent just simply means that God is everywhere all the time. You can't be somewhere that God isn't. But yet Jesus limited himself and Jesus was only going to be in one place at one time. He laid aside his divine attributes. That's what emptying himself meant. He was fully human. There's a scriptural doctrine. There's a scriptural principle. We've got to understand that. Jesus came in the flesh as a human being, as a man. He wasn't a Marvel character that was masquerading as a human being. Some of you will understand that. Some of you won't. He was. He is God. But he laid that aside in order to become the second Adam. In order to defeat Satan and the effects of sin. Jesus himself said, is this thing beginning to roar or is that just me? I'm going to do something different. Amen. Jesus would tell us, matter of fact, you could go back in if you want a good study this week. Go into the Gospel of John and look for all of the places where Jesus said something to the effect of, I only do the things that I see my Father do. I only say the things that I hear my Father say. I can of myself do nothing, but it's the Father that's in me that does the works. Again, if Jesus didn't mean that, he'd be lying. I, there's a lot of people get some weird, weird theology, get some weird doctrine. How many of you have known people that talk about, oh, well, you know, Jesus, it must have been awesome when he was a little boy. And I'm sure when he was walking around, you know, as a seven, eight, nine-year-old child, that, you know, there'd be some little bird that'd have a broken wing and, you know, he'd go over and pick it up and this miracle that happened and the bird's wing would be healed. And, and, you know, the bird would fly off and all like that. That's not Bible, y'all. Jesus had not yet been anointed for miracles. That took place at his water baptism when the Spirit of God came on him in the form of a dove. But Jesus only did the first miracle at the wedding in Cana of Galilee. That's what he, the Bible says that was his first miracle. So he didn't run around as a, a young person just, you know, whooping out miracles all over the place. Why? Because he laid aside, he emptied himself and became absolutely fully human. 
So how did Jesus do all this stuff that he did? How did he, you know, how did miracles take place? How did he, how did he cast out devils? How did he raise the dead? Well, the Bible tells us that it's in Acts ten thirty eight. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Say out loud, God anointed Jesus. It was God who anointed him. And it was when he was baptized by John the Baptist that God anointed him. And you know what? Now, this, this may be a little bit of Wilsonology, but I think I'm, I'm on to something. I think, I've, I think I've got the Spirit of God. And I, I really believe that literally when Joseph and Mary fled into Egypt, Satan lost him. He didn't know where he went. He didn't know what happened to him. He didn't know what country he went to. He missed him when all those soldiers came and all that took place. And, and Satan didn't know where he was. I don't think Satan knew exactly where he was until he was baptized by John in the River Jordan. And in the spiritual realm, God broke out of the spiritual realm and into the natural realm. And God's audible voice was heard by everybody where he said, This is my beloved son who I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit laid or lit upon him in the form of a dove, and the devil went, there he is! Because what happened next? Satan began to tempt him. Satan went after him. Well, there's a whole other sermon in that. The devil, will, <laughs> you just get anointed, and God, the devil will come after you. Somebody say amen. But the whole point is, how did Jesus do those miracles? He did it anointed by God. And the point is, we can do the same work Jesus did. How? By the same Spirit. Now, I will give you that there is a difference in you and I and Jesus. There is a difference. He was the only begotten Son of God. He was the only perfect man that has ever been. And Jesus... The Bible says in John, I believe, what is it, 334, God gives not the Spirit by measure unto Him. Or God doesn't give the Spirit by measure. In other words, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit on Jesus was absolutely limitless. There was no limit to it. How could that be? Because Jesus had never known sin. Somebody say Amen. And because Jesus had never known sin, even though he was fully human, God could flow through him 100% of the time. And I think that infers that there is this limit to what God can do through us. And the only limit is how we limit God. It's limited by our unbelief. It's limited if, if there's sin that gets into our life. It's limited by our old nature that gets in there, that old man that tries to resurrect and we get way too carnal. I've said a lot of times, you know, I mean, you, you can have somebody move in the gifts of the Holy Ghost one minute and then the next minute, you know, 10 minutes later or something like that, they can be getting mad at somebody else and doing all kinds of goofy stuff that they shouldn't ought to be doing. Uh, didn't Peter kind of do that? You know, one minute Jesus was praising him and saying, you know, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood didn't reveal that I was the Messiah, but my father did that. And then just moments later, 
Jesus is having to rebuke Peter and it's the same man and Jesus looks at him and says, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> well, that's a picture of you and me sometimes. Okay, you can sit there and, and, and think it's just me, but that's okay. It, you know, that, that's all right. So there is a difference. So what in the world are you saying, Pastor? The more we are yielded to God, the more God can flow through us. Well, that's good. The more we're yielded to God, the more God can flow through us. Now, that scripture we read when we started, greater works shall we do. How in the world can we do greater? <laughs> Lord, I thought it was pretty awesome when I laid hands on somebody and they got well. I know people who have seen the dead raised, but I haven't yet. I'm believing for that, but I haven't yet. So how can it be greater? Just simply, it's greater in number and scope. Remember I said, because Jesus emptied himself, took upon himself the form of a servant, he wasn't omnipresent. If you were sick or lame or blind, and you were in Jerusalem and Jesus was in Capernaum, You're just going to have to wait until he gets back. But you ever stopped and thought about the fact that now that... You know, remember Jesus said this. You know, it's more expedient for you that I go away. Well, I don't know about you, but I think I'd been a whole lot like the disciples. Lord, I don't think so. <laughs> In my opinion, I'd rather have you right here. You know, where, I, man, I can touch you. I can hold you. I can, woo, I, 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 you know, you're, you're there. You're tangible. But yet it is better because when he left, he sent the Holy Spirit. And now guess what? Instead of just one man anointed by God, Acts 10, 38. Now God's got hundreds. No, God's got, God's got millions of people on this planet right now around the world all over the world at the same time who pray for people, who lay hands on people, who seek God's miracle power work greater in number and in scope because we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. Man, that's good preaching. That's good, Pastor. I'd pat myself on the back, but I'd hurt myself doing it. That's the theology part of this. Now, let's, let's look at the application part of it. Now remember, we're still talking about the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works shall you do. How am I going to do that? How do I apply that to my life, Lord? Well, in Ephesians 5.1, it, it says this. And I'm, I'm going to read it on purpose out of the Amplified Bible. In the King James, I believe it uses the word follower. But that same Greek word translated in the Amplified Bible brings out the, the, the full meaning of the Greek and in Ephesians 5, 1, he says, Therefore be imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example. As well-beloved children imitate their father. Imitate the father. Imitate God. You know, I, it, it's been quite a while back when <laughs> there, there used to be this TV commercial that would come on and... 
it, it would show this man and he's a little boy and they'd be walking along and maybe he'd do the Andy Griffith thing or something, you know, and skip a stone across the pond and the little boy would try to skip a stone across the water and then, you know, they'd walk along and maybe he'd, he'd you know, pick up a stick and the little boy would pick up a stick. Anyway, he'd just, you could tell the little boy just idolized that daddy. And they stopped. And, and then the daddy shook a cigarette out of the pack in his pocket and was getting ready to light it. And this is no reflection on somebody who smokes. It's just, you know, I'm talking about imitating. And it, it just simply was, you know, he, he'd pull that out. And the little boy in the commercial would reach over and get a hold of the cigarette pack. And the whole, the message was real clear. I mean, kids are going to imitate you. You know, don't tell your kid not to cuss when you do. Hmm. Well, okay, I started meddling now. Uh, you know, kids are going to imitate us. And if they get tired of imitating their parents, they're going to imitate some TikTok star, or they're going to imitate some hip-hop character, supposed singer, or whatever in the world they're supposed to be. People imitate other people. I can remember when, I, I can't remember if it was, well, I, I can't remember which TV preacher it was. But it used to be this thing, of, I, mean, I don't know how many preachers got into this deal, of they'd hold their Bible with that finger. And you'd point your Bible like this, because that was the way that TV preacher did it. And it, you, I mean, there, I don't know how many preachers were doing that. And it was like, really? You know, you don't have to do it the same way he did it just because he did. But, you know, at least one thing about it, maybe they were getting something out of, of what he was doing. But the whole point is, instead of imitating something we're not supposed to imitate, imitate Jesus. Somebody say amen. And, and part of that is talk like him. In John eight twenty eight, then Jesus said unto them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And there's other scriptures that say, I only say what I hear my Father say. Now, if we only said something that was exactly in line with what Scripture teaches, how much of our conversation would get cut off? Don't shout me down when I preach good. Amen. Just do like me and go, oh, me. <laughs> you know, the, the Wilson paraphrase of one scripture is out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth blurts. So guess what? You know, what do we need? We need more of God's word in our heart than we need other stuff in our heart. Can you say amen? So how do I, how do I you know, do the works that Jesus did? Well, talk like it. How about walk like First Peter 2.21 For even hereunto were you called because Christ also suffered for us leaving us example that we should follow in his steps. Well that kind of goes back to that commercial I just told you about. And you know I mean that's, that's just kind of the way little kids do. And we ought to be like that little kid. We ought to walk just like he walked. Do things the way he did it. Go the places where he would go. You know, Jesus walked to the hurting. Hmm. He walked to God's house to worship. 
He walked with God in his private life. And it showed in his public life. And because he did, he walked on top of the storms. We can walk like he walked. And I like this one. We can love like he loved. In John 15, 12, this is my commandment. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. In Romans 5, 5, it says, The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Church, the capacity to love with God's love is in us. And that's a whole other sermon. But we have the ability to love with God's love if we just let God's Spirit work within us and flow through us. We can love the way God loved. We don't have to be... Well, we don't have to be. <laughs> the opposite of that kind of love. We can love with a God-like love. Because Jesus said we could. And as we do... Guess what? Then God's able to flow in us. And I had one other thing I put down there. I said, you know what? If I'm going to imitate Jesus, I can treat the devil the same way Jesus did. Whenever I'm tempted, I can overcome. You say, well, but I, I mean, it just, you know, I, I don't know how that happened. You know, what, what was that TV show with little black boy at one time he was always saying did I do that yeah whatever he's like yeah 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 <laughs> we we can overcome y'all yeah we're going to be tempted but we don't have to fall to that temptation somebody say amen and never give the devil place never yield to him and give him an open door and we can use God's word against him. Isn't that what Jesus did? It is written. Devil. <laughs> so when you're tempted, whatever that temptation may be, no, in the name of Jesus, not going there. You know, there's some things you fight and some things that you have flight. F-L-I-G-H-T. In other words, there's some things you just run from it. But let me tell you, we can overcome what Satan throws at us. Can you say amen? amen? So God tells us to do the works that he does. And it begins by yielding and total surrender unto the Father. Jesus said over and over again, I came not to do my will but the will of Him that sent me. It starts with total surrender. And in that total surrender, it works out to total victory. Bow your heads with me. Father, oh Father, for us to do the same things that You've done, the same things that our Lord Jesus has done. Lord, what greater privilege than to walk as He walked. To live as He lived. To enjoy the victory that He won for us. And Father, this morning, I pray that any listening to the sound of my voice 
will be drawn by your spirit, Lord. That, Father, we can walk in that total victory. With every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment, I want you to answer this to yourself, not to me. Answer it to yourself. Are you totally surrendered? Because that means one of two things. You've either never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or you've allowed some things to creep in to rob you of the victory you should be living in. And it either means you need to receive Jesus and be born again, or you need to rededicate your life to Him. You need to surrender again your life to Him. So how often do I need to do that? The Bible says, Paul said he died daily. And in one sense, I believe we do. That doesn't mean you get saved daily. But it does mean we surrender daily. And I believe that's what God calls us to do. You see, God wants us to be His hands, His feet. I've said several times, I mean, it's a new congregation. You, you know, we're, we're the Sunday school teachers. We're the children's workers. We're the nursery workers. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. <laughs> we're, we're the ones who work in the parking lot. We're the ones who work in the kitchen. We're the ones that run the sound media. We're the ones that minister in the praise team. We're the ones that minister at the altar in the prayer team. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. And it all begins with that total surrender. So I'm going to ask you if you will stand with me. And this morning, this altar is open. that you can come and give that total surrender. Whether it's being born again for the very first time in your life, really giving yourself to God, or whether it's to re-surrender, rededicate your life to Him. This altar's open. And for just a few moments, we'll give you time to come and you give to God and just simply tell Him, Lord, I'm willing to live so that you can live through me. Altars open. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.